Welcome back to Zoomers for Liberty here. It's Caleb with your Thursday evening, Friday episode. I'm joined by our new guest, one of the other Zoomers for Liberty, Vinny. Vinny, how about you introduce yourself to the crowd, buddy? Guten Tag. Hello. Good morning. Or good night, <laughs> depending on where you are, or evening, good afternoon. That's, Hello. That's... Greetings. <laughs> Just greetings in general. <laughs> I think they get it. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, uh... Today's podcast, we're just going to be free-forming it, letting our buddy Vinny here talk a little bit about his beliefs and uh, just kind of see where the conversation takes us. So mm-hmm. without further ado, uh, Vinny, tell us a little bit about yourself, your political beliefs, and just your general ideas on things. Okay. Well, first off, first and foremost, my strongest belief is that peanut butter and pickles do belong together. I would just like to get that out there. A lot of people like to fight me on this, and... <laughs> Uh, I just, I really think like, it's just one of those things people just kind of, you know, they, they just knock it before they try it, you know, they're complimentary meals and I think they work excellent in a sandwich, but anyway, moving on. Uh, okay. <laughs> secondly, fuck the government. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and third, I would also like to say fuck the police. Um, and fourth, let's see. Fuck. The Federal Reserve. Fuck the Federal Reserve, too. I like I like the energy you got. Let's break these down a little bit. So let's talk about your journey into how you formulated your belief. Would you call yourself uh, a libertarian? What would oh, you, yeah. Would you, okay. Um, now, what would you identify as? Are you more of like a minarchist-type libertarian? Are you more of an anarchist? Not really sure. Mm, not really sure because – so like I think – so I'm not against the idea of anarchy at all. I think – but – when people think anarchy, like when your average person thinks anarchy, they don't genuinely think like what it actually means. Like when your average person just thinks of the word, like when you say anarchy, your average person just kind of thinks just complete and utter chaos. And really, that's not the case. And I mean, when you when you uh, try and articulate, you know, anarchy, you know, uh, like anarchist, typical anarchist thoughts, people think you're fucking they're like, dude, this guy is crazy. Because people, here's my thing. People like to be babysat. That's why we have a government in the first place. Motherfuckers never grow out of a phase where they just, they don't want to be babysat anymore. And I think that's, yeah. that's really the only purpose the government serves, to be honest, on a fundamental level. Is that motherfuckers just like to be babysat all the time. Yeah, yeah. Well, so, I mean, I think you, you express a lot of the similar frustrations as most people in our community. Um because that, yeah, there. For one, I'd like to say anarchy as a word. I always say it's people think of SpongeBob and Patrick burning down Bikini Bottom. Yeah, but, exactly. But really, it's not the it's not the absence of rule. It's the absence of rulers, right? It's not that we fu- that we as a community don't get together and determine what's morally right. Because in order for an anarchist society to exist, it is a prerequisite that the people of that society are moral people, adjust people, and they're doing things on a consensual basis. Exactly. Just like the like the shopping cart theory, which I always bring up the people dictates where it's, you know, how many people in your society are putting away their shopping carts, putting away the shopping carts yeah. versus just leaving them there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and where we're at now in society, it's definitely people are programmed that someone else is just going to put it away for them. Mm-hmm. Right. That the store is just going to, you know, pay somebody to do it. And in essence, I use that analogy like that's where we are with government. There's so many people don't really have a sense of personal responsibility and we need to reinvigorate that in people. 
in order for us to ever get to a place where we can have smaller government and something similar to what we like. And and don't get me wrong, like I, I don't think that it's perfect. I think just like any system, it's great on paper until humans get thrown into the mix and there's going to be issues and things are going to get fucked up. But I still think it's much more of a better moral starting point when you're saying that if you look at the sliding scale of human history and you look, you, there's an obvious um, trend where the more free people are, the more prosperous they are. And you know, you go from kings and, and, and um, dictatorship, right, where there's just one person, all the power. Everyone else tends to not have it that great. Uh, and obviously it's more complicated. There's things like technology and, and things like that that affect the, you know, everything. Mm, but yeah, of course. Then we get to a thing like democracy or a public type system where technically more people have a voice, you know, on, in theory. So if people are a little bit more free, a little bit more prosperous. I think if you believe that democracy is better than, say, uh, monarchy, because you believe more people ha have a right to be heard, then naturally that principle applies to something like anarchy, where um, you don't believe that you shouldn't believe that 51% has a moral obligation to tell the other 49% how to live their life. Exactly. Any, any more than one person gets to tell everyone how to live their lives. Minorities and everybody else should be able to make their own decisions in regards to how they want to work things in a basic society outside of the key tenets of uh, individual rights. And that's a lot of th that's a th big thing that a lot of people just don't understand that Everything about anarchy, libertarian philosophy is based on on the rights of the individual and the rights of property, and these are kind of go hand in hand because the the basic um, the basic thing an individual owns is themselves, right? And so as mm -hmm. long as we start from that base of your rights are protected, you as an individual and your rights protected, then um, we can go from a, a bit to form a bit more of a homogenous society than I think any like what we have now with this late stage democracy with vastly different culture across the u.s trying to pit, pit themselves against each other mm -hmm. and yeah um but yeah i think we're on the same page there and then an another thing about anarchy like you said it's 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 a buzzword but if you t if you say everything about anarchy that it is and then you t uh you talk about you say but instead of saying the word anarchy you say volunteerism people love it and they think this is beautiful philosophy so really it's just about the approach to how you talk to people about it because i've had mm. to just a couple of weeks ago, I, have, I was talking to some friends. They were saying it's the anarchists. They're burning everything down. And I'm like, look, dog. I mean, maybe some people that call themselves anarchists are, are doing weird shit with these riots and everything. But I'm an anarchist, and I can tell you that's not what I believe. Yeah. And but yeah, I mean, it comes it comes with uh, it comes with time. People will understand the longer we have podcasts like this and we have those conversations. But um, okay, so yeah. Let's talk about uh, – you said fuck the government, fuck the Fed, fuck the police. Specifically though, what are some of the most what – what holds your belief and makes you believe that the you – know, what, what makes you say that basically? Let's start. Uh, uh, well, for which of those? So like let's, – uh, Let's start with the police and then the go from there. Uh, I mean police, I feel like – so like when people say – think of police, you think of – Oh, their job is to quote unquote pro, quote, or quote unquote, however you say it, protect and serve. But really, it does. It just it never really feels like that they're actually doing what they do to protect and serve. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, especially like nowadays, when you you see these motherfuckers dressing up in like full on combat gear and you know like dressing up like fucking 
stormtroopers ready to halt these protests and it's like it's it's just counterproductive you know it's not mm-hmm. it's not helping their image at all and yeah uh it's just i don't know it just seems like you know they're backpedaling really no for, for what, sure for, for sure. what the police for what the law enforcement and police force should be when it's really like because because i mean i did i did used to believe like oh hey anybody who wants police officers is trying to do the right thing you know and then i kind of you know you kind of read between the lines a little bit as you get older and you kind of learn that there's just a lot of people out there who are just fucking assholes and they like to, you know, they like to play cowboys and outlaws and shit. And they like to, when really like the only difference between a lot of police officers and a lot of, you know, criminals out there is just a badge. And I think it's pretty shitty. What do you, what do you, I'm curious what, uh, well, I already know your, your, uh, your point on it, but, uh, you know, how do you think about, all the fucking, you know, people trying to defund the police and shit. Well, it's interesting um, because, you know, people in our our libertarian circle are talking about it, and I kind of agree with what everyone's saying, is that it's very interesting that right now the left is embracing this idea of defunding the police, meanwhile the right is defending it, when I thought the right was supposed to be small government. I I agree, but also at the same time, I feel like not everybody's exactly on the right page. No, you're right, and that was my next point. When people say defund the police I and mean, you have people saying you have two different sides of people saying like the exact same thing but meaning two different things like mm-hmm. there are some people who say defund the police but really what they don't mean is that they really what they yeah. really just think would be the smarter the smarter move would be to just cut back on funding whereas yes. of the so, other side it is genuinely like abolish you know, the police uh, like yes just completely defund well, let me let me say this. I, I think you're right. I do think that there's two sides to it. I think there's the people that have really thought it through, and then there's those that haven't really thought it through. And I think the ones that haven't really thought it through are the ones that are talking about just cut the funding back. And that, and in turn, I, I can respect where they're coming from because mm-hmm. that's a step in the right direction, and the de- demilitarization will happen. And I was having a, a conversation with somebody about this today, and it's I think that for for sure the system we have now can be tweaked and improved to be better than it is. Where it's definitely not operating at peak capacity, but I do believe there's a fundamental flaw in our system, which is uh, is the same belief I always hold. When you have a monopoly on force and violence, you're going to see abuses of power and things like this happen. Because who do you call when your murderer has a badge or when the person breaking into your house has a badge? Exactly. Like there's no there's no recompense. There's nothing for that. you can do. And the worst is is that yeah, I mean you can try to file a lawsuit, but all the cops are connected, right? They all look out for Mm -hmm. each other. The justice system protects itself. And so in essence, it creates this natural class warfare when there's a single, uh, single use of government monopoly. And that's what I think is so interesting about it, that the left is now willing to embrace the fact that we need to get rid of the police entirely because as an anarchist, you're always talking about, just like as a libertarian, we're always saying, you know, we want to, you know, Get rid of the Department of Education, put the power back to the states. We want to get rid of the Federal Reserve. We want to make these decisions more localized and get rid of federal central planning. But mm-hmm. with the left, and I don't think a lot of them that are saying abolish police don't realize, you know, is they're essentially giving up their entire platform at that point because if you believe that having police is too important and that the government has failed us on it, then where where is your ground to stand on when it comes to healthcare now? So yeah. why is it – so you, you believe that the government failed us with having 
you know, a police force. So why why would I trust the government to do something as important as healthcare or anything else? Yes. And and it's the same it's the same adage like I've always said like I don't I do believe the free market is a better provider for these things. And I I think a, a common compromise that I think most people should be able to get behind uh, would be fine have a state option right as a bare minimum, particularly in the like with, with whether it be healthcare, police, or anything else. Let's have a state option for to make all the people that feel as if the government needs to do something happy, right? Let's have that mm-hmm. option. But let's also let the free market compete and give private options as well. And this comes with healthcare, postal services, which we do now, uh, police, anything in my opinion. That yeah. anything the government's doing now, I think the free market can do better. But let's not jump to let's like education is the hugest one as well. But we can't just get rid of the services that the government's doing now because a lot of people are dependent on those services. And until mm-hmm. we actually give the market time to catch up and create these these alternatives, then it's going to be it, it would be really rough for that first you know six months to a year, however yeah. long it takes. So fine, let's keep the services at a minimum now, but let's allow a free market to start to flourish. And then I think once you did that, essentially what would happen is is the free market choices would be more accountable. They would be more efficient. They would provide better services just because that's the nature of a free market. When when my, when my the money you get is dependent upon you giving the customer a good service, obviously your service is going to be better. You can't really get that. I mean, you get it in theory with government, right? But you, you don't really because all your money comes from this tax pool and the taxes there's no recompense we have if we don't like them what our taxes are doing. And the argument that we can vote for it against it is kind of bullshit because, like I said previously said, 320 million people in the country with 51% telling the other 49 how our tax money should be spent. And there's not like a real recourse for how we can do that. And if we do, it takes a long, long time and a lot of resources that a lot of people just aren't willing to even fight that fight. So – let the free market and a state option compete, and I essentially think what would wind up happening is, is the free market would suffocate the, the state option to the point where it was just no longer needed or necessary. And I think at that point you would have a, a peak economic system in which uh, things are competitive and uh, people get services in a, in a fair and balanced manner. Now, I mean obviously that would require a bit of a few different changes. Like that would require us to – We'll actually have a free market and get the government out mm. of the economy, get rid of things like the minimum wage, get rid of regulations oh, yeah. that are outside of safety, stop protecting uh, intellectual property for things, in my opinion, outside of like fictional characters. Because I don't really think that anything outside of works of art can should be protected as intellectual property, but I'm still kind of working through where I feel on that. Um, but yeah, so, so that's kind of how I feel. This is like the left right now is kind of giving up their whole thing and the rights kind of at the same time when it comes to the police. And I don't want to get it twisted. Like there are good individuals that are police and it, and I don't think that any of the buzzwords, like people say like all cops are bad because if 10,000 cops are good, but 10 cops are bad, they don't correct them. And all, all the cops are bad. Yeah. Well, there are plenty of situations where there's a police officer that has never been faced in a situation where he could have, he or she could have made that correction, made a difference. Maybe their entire yeah. experience has just been positive. And so I wouldn't say that individual is bad even though they're probably a really small minority. And then the other aspect to it too is that there's a lot of cops that they're in a situation where they would love to speak up and say something, but they know that by doing so, they're putting themselves and their families at risk because that police department is now going to put them in danger or they're going to actively work to fuck them over because they've seen it happen to somebody else. So it's a very tricky situation, and I think ultimately – people say we need more accountability, we need more accountability, and I'm like, look, that's great and all, but – 
as long as the system is what it is, I just don't see how we can create any more accountability when the justice system is going to look after itself and people are naturally going to look yeah. after their own. I think the only accountability that you can have is we can take small steps like end qualified immunity I think is a great idea. I think uh, banning no-knock raids is a great idea. And I think obviously rolling back a lot of these unconstitutional gun laws and drug laws would also be a step in the right direction. But I think ultimately once people realize that and that that's like the step that freedom is the way to go, then I think that we'll see you know more free market options and a, yeah. and a step away from government, which reminds me of something you said earlier. People just want to be babysat. There's a difference between um, the fr- between freedom and freedom from want, right? And I think a lot mm-hmm. of people in America, uh, just in, just in general, based on historical things and and just I don't know the climate of of uh, just the culture, freedom from want has been the focus for a lot of people because especially like people on the left communists and socialists that mm-hmm. they want the state they think that it's immoral you know for someone to go without health care so therefore we should have the state provider it's immoral for people to go you know whatever insert whatever mm-hmm. issue but the thing is about that and i can agree like no we sh- we shouldn't have people going hungry we shouldn't have people without health care but i mean if you look at the the facts objectively if the market is allowed to provide the way that is intended and it's not interfered with by government regulation it provides for more people at a lower cost and a higher quality than any other system that's been invented so far and uh so i think it's important that we we start to educate people on the difference between freedom from want and and just freedom and like i always tell people on the left too that they they want socialized medicine or socialized anything that fine you can join the lp if that's how you feel because under a libertarian system, there's nothing stopping people, a group of socialists or communists or any type of leftists that if they want to consensually get together in their own communities and adopt those sets of rules, so long as they're not violating, violating anyone's life, liberty, or property, and the consent to be within that system is – because I just said property, which is a communist oxymoron, yes. mm-hmm. right? But like – if what they're doing is consensual and it's directly consensual, then there's nothing against libertarian doctrine that says they shouldn't or can't do that. In fact, it's encouraged. So I think it's really important that we, we start to – you know, if you're, if you're looking at between freedom of choice and freedom from want, if, you're, if you choose to go to the path of freedom from want, you're not going to get the freedom of choice. But if you choose the path of freedom of choice, those that want freedom of choice can do what they want while the, those that want freedom from want can figure out a way to make that happen. And so I think that it's important that we have that conversation, particularly with the people on the left, and, uh, and let them know how we feel about all that. So, um, I agree. Couldn't have, said it, couldn't have said it better myself. In fact, you probably said it a million times better than I <laughs> probably could have, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, man. I don't. So, so the government. What was yeah, your? You're good at this. I sometimes I have my moments. So, the, <laughs> so what? Begin to tell us your journey about where you, when you know you did, maybe you just didn't really care about anything political, and like how you started to begin to just not trust the government on anything. Uh, I mean, I didn't give a shit about anything political up until probably like my freshman year to be honest like up until that i was like i mean i kind of had it it was kind of fucked up but i had the mindset where i was like i'm as privileged as it gets like i'm white (laughs) i'm a guy and you know i live in america like you know it couldn't possibly go wrong for me so i just kind of had like the philosophy where i was like i mean yeah it's really i'm just gonna benefit no matter what so like i kind of had the ideology where i was like, i just don't really give a fuck but that's fair 
up up until that point, like when I was a freshman, that's when I kind of like. I don't know. Like, for some reason, I just had one of the biggest wake up calls for me was I would like I, it was it was probably that that shooting that happened on October. There was just like October one. It was just yeah, it was just super. It was just super fishy. Like then the FBI took over and then took over the investigation. And it's like there's still even then there's still like there's no. We still have no no idea like what for, you know. And now yeah, we never got a like, motive or anything. Every inform all the information they have on it's like top secret. And then you, you just you just start to see a pattern. It's like every everything that happens, every bad thing that could possibly happen happen, or every ev- just everything in general that could possibly happen. There's just always always just some fucking. There's always just some bullshit secret behind it that that, that we're just not being told. You know, I feel like why should we have to, you know, live under, live under a society where, you know, those governing us keep secrets from us all the time. You know, it's just, it just doesn't make any sense. How are we supposed to trust, you know, our governing body when, you know, they don't trust us. They don't give us information like that. They keep, they keep these bullshit secrets. No, I could. And then I, and then I, you know, then I just, you know, fell downward into a spiral, just rabbit hole of all these different conspiracies and, you know, and shit, and and not all of it's true. You know, I'm sure there are some conspiracy out there that are just total bullshit. But you know, uh, you have to like, you have to ask yourself at a certain point in time. You're like, well, is all of it fake? Or because I mean, there's just, there's just, it comes to a point where there's just too much evidence. I shouldn't say evidence, but there, it, when you look at a lot of the pieces that a lot of uh, you know conspiracy theorists put together. A lot of it's just way too damning, you know. It's yeah. like uh, it's just too. I'm not going to get into any of it now, of course. Yeah, but yeah. You know, it just, it's just there's too many coincidences in all these situations where it's like, no, it's yeah, just, it's impossible. I completely agree. I think that I try to stay away from like the conspiratorial mindset of things, as much as I might personally believe a few of them, because I have, I definitely, well, one, I'm very biased against government as it is, but I think I also have pretty good logic and backing for why I, I feel that way. Um, I try to, when I, when I try to talk to people about um, the quote, like the conspiracy type things, I normally mm-hmm. focus on things that we can prove the government did wrong. Uh, and there's a lot of it out there. There's definitely no shortage. Exactly. There's no shortage yeah. of the government just being inept or incapable of taking care of a situation because central planning mm-hmm. fails. And even when you have the best intentions, and even if the official narrative or the story, which is often like you said, bullshit, even if the official narrative is 100% true and the people had the greatest of intentions, there's a cultural and just a human disconnect between 500 people living in Washington, D.C., essentially living in the ivory tower which you know like washington dc is the one of the richest if not, i think it's the richest city in america by by volume or something like that mm-hmm. the point being is is these people that are supposed to be going to congress to be representing the needs and the wants of the people are they're they haven't lived in their own communities in years and especially yeah. the, the longer they stay there and they all do they usually wind up saying plus 20 plus years if you become a different person with different mindset, you're you're too entrenched in the political system yeah, to know at yeah, all what, what your fellow, uh, you know, what your people want. And so the system as it was designed when we had, you know, less than an, maybe a, a couple million people in the founding of the United States. I'm gonna have to look that up because I actually don't know. But when we had those, you know, we had 13 colonies and 
and we had a lot less people, we had representatives that, you know, a system that kind of worked back then. But also back then, that system was understood that the federal government isn't really supposed to do anything. The federal government's main focus is to make sure that we don't get invaded by a foreign army. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's that was really the biggest thing. Everything else was supposed to be delegated to the states. Um, we had we had a national treasury and we had a national um, what's the word we had a post office. It was it like it was just kind of intended to act as a referee, you know, for everybody. That, in is, the exactly country, instead, that is exactly correct. That is exactly correct. It just became its own player. Yeah, exactly. And then, and, and that's that. So when people debate on minarchy versus anarchy, that is usually where that's that is the turning point for me when I realized that I was actually an anarchist and not a minarchist because I was like, well, we can reform government and we can roll it back and we can make it smaller and we can do what the Constitution and the founding fathers intended. But the longer I thought about it, as lo- people can only stay at like a government as it exists in its nature when it's run by people is going to grow and expand and it may not even be that insidious of a thing they might just think that they're doing a good thing with the power that they're given but it's going to grow and mutate mm-hmm. into a monster that's completely out of control every single time so that's where mm-hmm. i came to the point where i said no we have to develop a system in a society in which people are allowed to be independent of coercion if they if they so choose to uh, well, actually, uh, forever, because there's a difference between coercion and persuasion, and like everything on our on our system runs completely on coercion, and that's that's really the worst part. Is like I said, we have this illusion that we're in control because we have democracy and we have this pro-America propaganda that says you know we're the freest country in the world, and and mm-hmm. you know by vo- by relativity we are freer than other countries, but yeah, but we're definitely I think nowhere near what true freedom really is we don't have a lot of the liberties that basic basic humans should have um Mm -hmm. like and and it's it sounds extreme when when you lay it out at first but the longer we talk about these things the more it really makes sense like there shouldn't be gun laws like period like as long as there's a state like the, the state can't should not be able to tell you how how if you can buy a gun or not because the entire reason we have guns is to keep the state in check now Bear in mind, like that doesn't mean we shouldn't have responsibility and a gun culture of responsibility. Yeah, of course. I think that the onus on you know, like people that are registered, you know, gun dealers, and I, I, I almost said registered, which again is that's another example of the state getting their fingers in a place where it shouldn't belong. If people are a gun dealer and they're selling guns, they should be, you know, the onus ought to be on them to make sure that they're selling to a responsible individual and make sure that that individual has safety training and everything else like that. Yeah. And I was talking to um, one of the previous podcasts. I was talking about like the licensure system, right? And how like the licensure mm-hmm. system, <clears throat> in theory, like it's a good idea for like like hunting licenses to prevent uh, animals yeah. and things from getting overgrazed mm-hmm. or or shit like that. But like the thing is, is that it's intended to be, you know, to have this good intention, but really it becomes a tool for the government to extort and get more money. Exactly. And then another issue with it is it's, it's a punishment not to have it. And it becomes a requirement when it, when instead of being a punishment for not having a license, you should be encouraged to get one because it's a benefit to you. Right. And it should be a Mm -hmm. reward, not a punishment. And there's a lot of ways we can do that. Like one, just like stop requiring it. That's that's really the biggest thing, because then I think the natural thing comes to where and then there's also third third party licensure as an option, Um, because then it's like if I'm an employer and I want to hire somebody, you know, I could 
I could say, hey, I want you to have a driver's license, whether that driver's license is given to you by the state of Nevada or California or wherever, mm-hmm. or, or if it's, uh, you know, done by the Independent Driving Association of the Southwest or whatever it is, like, whether it's a private company or a state, like, I can require as an employer that you get that license because I want to prove that you have a certification. It's the same thing as like a degree, except we just don't technically on paper require people to, go, to have degrees. And, you know, licensure and taxes really fucking add up. And they make it difficult for people to climb up the economic ladder, especially when they're doing things the, you know, the, so to speak, the right way. And they're not doing things on like the black market and, and they're trying to climb up by, you know, legitimate means. It gets very difficult to do that when your income is taxed, your sales is taxed, your property is taxed, your payroll, if you try to employ people, is taxed, you have health care taxes, you're, you're paying into Social Security, which is likely going to disappear by the time that you're supposed to be able to get a, you know, the benefits of it. The whole system yeah. is just – it's just completely inefficient and corrupt. And like I said previously, we can make marginal changes to make it better than it is now, but it's important that we don't lose sight that there's not enough reform in the world to make the system – that is fundamentally flawed work uh, as efficiently. It just as doesn't. Better it just doesn't. It just never feels like you have an option. You know, it's always, it, 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 not not literally, but metaphorically speaking, they are putting a gun to your head and telling you that you have to do this. It is. Things, it know, is. Where, whereas instead of being able to, you know, make those choices for yourself, it's a hundred percent that. It, it, it's it's not an exaggeration to say that everything government does is, is at the point of a gun, because if you decide not to pay your t- now. Now, technically speaking, right, not a lot of people actually go to jail for tax evasion, but let's just say mm-hmm. – but on books, on paper, the law is, right, if, if you don't pay your taxes, you can go to jail. It is illegal to not pay your taxes, right, yeah. um, mm-hmm. even though that law is not really that strictly enforced. So it's not legal to pay – by saying it's illegal to not pay taxes, which name one other organization in the world that can take your money without your permission. You can't because it doesn't exist, right? Every other member of the economy has to prove to you the, the onus is on them to give you a reason to give them your money. So whether it be Netflix or internet providers or, or video games or, or movies or anything else like that, you know, fast food, whatever, retail, they have to give you a reason and to cons- for you to consensually give that money. With government, there isn't that, and I always try to – you know. That's and that's part of the reason why they don't care, right? And there's there that money. It's essentially unlimited, and it's just the way it is. And don't get me wrong. Obviously, it's nice to have social services, and it's nice to have or an organization to take care of like roads and things like that. And, yeah. But but the communities can do the same thing. We can volunteer. Yeah, I agree. That. People act as if people act as if like as like if the government were to just suddenly disappear tomorrow. People act as if all those jobs in which you know, were government regulated, they act as if it would just, they would just disappear. Like, you know, what, oh, what are we going to do now? Like, as if it would just be completely impossible to handle those jobs, you know, themselves, but it, it's just not. In fact, it would, <clears throat> it would probably be way more beneficial instead of, cause I mean, let's, let's it would see. certainly be How more much? efficient. That's for sure. Yeah, exactly. It would be, it would be way more efficient. And like with the whole the whole defund the police thing, like people when whenever I see somebody who's opposed to the idea of defunding police, their only argument is really, oh, who's going to catch criminals? Oh, who's going to who's going to, you know, protect people? Who are you going to call if your home is getting invaded? And it's like it's not like 
you know, privatization of these, you know, certain organizations. It's not like it's not like it's an it's an impossible task to set up these types of organizations on your own. It's just not. It's not like you're asking a lot when you're at when you're asking a certain and specific community to set up their own organization for their own community. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like the whole, I, the whole concept of like social workers and shit, people act as if it's just not feasible when it's the complete opposite. No, I completely agree. And then that's, and that's the issue is that just look at it from a basic level, right? When we're, when we're looking at how we organize things through a governmental system, it go, you, your money goes towards this big pool of money of people in Washington and then they decide where that money goes versus cons- and then I always tell people this, right? Like you said, like, oh, no, what's going to happen? How are we going to pay for X? How are we going to pay for Y? And it's like, well, mm-hmm. if something is worth being paid for and it's a service that people want, they will pay for it voluntarily, right? And you can't tell mm-hmm. me that, like, oh, well, that's going to be unfair because then no one's going to pay for the roads and then one person's just going to wind up paying for it all. And I'm like, that's – I just – I don't see that happening. If enough people care enough about the quality of a road to say we should really do something about this, then they're going to get together. They're going to organize. They can make a GoFundMe. They can fix it, which by the way, I fucking hate the fact that that is the go-to argument against liberty is uh, you know, who's going to build the roads. Look, I-, I, can have that convers- My roads. I can have that conversation a million times over. I can answer it, whatever. But let me just say that like that is fundamentally probably like 10th on the list of important things like okay let's be honest like how many times are you just driving or like walking down the street and you say man this road is fucked up needs to be fixed man this shit looks trash yeah this shit is trash i mean like, off the air, dog. sometimes yeah, yeah. Some, sometimes sometimes you're walking down you know uh a, what's the word you know a place that hasn't been refurbished in a while and you're like man they should really fix this place up but how often do you look at you know, or road while you're traveling and say, man, this shit, this shit could really use, use a touch up that one over there too. Like, it's just like, who gives a fuck? It's like <laughs> of, yeah. of all the things to worry about. It's the roads argument that like pops up the most. And it's just, it's the most trivial. It is. It's very trivial of, wi- of which you could argue. It is. It's, it's incredibly easy to figure out. Right. And it's like, we as libertarians are saying we're not free. We don't have ownership of our own bodies, and we're fighting immoral wars that we have no business fighting. And you're talking about how the fuck are we going to build roads? We'll get there when we get there. Like, dog, like right now, can we focus on not yeah. killing people in the Middle East? Can we focus on not locking exactly. people up for crimes that, you know, are only crimes on paper that they're not violated anyone else's like, rights? Like that's see the thing about the Middle East that bothers me the most is like when you when you tell people because I mean you know the American. You know, when people think of Americans now, the American uh, stereotype now is that uh, we hate uh, Middle Eastern people. That's just it's just it's just one of those typical stereotypes now because we've we've been at war with them for so long. And it's just when you when you tell people that we're not we are not fighting in the Middle East for, you know, a just reason, they you know, people act as if like you're speaking a different language to them when it's like they've. When it's not like it's the first time the government has, A, lied to their people, and B, committed these atrocities against other other races. Like the Trail of Tears, we get taught about it in school. And it's like people, for some reason, just still deny that this shit happens. It's still occurring. Well, I, Sandy Creek Massacre. It's, the Sitting Bull. 
yeah, exactly. World War like II. This, exactly. Like this, it's not like this is a fucking rare occasion. Like, oh, no. I can't believe, can't believe my government would do that. Like they do this shit all the time. Well, you got to keep in mind people too. Act as if yeah. it's far fetched that they would lie to people, like lie to the fucking people. Well, you also got to keep in mind too that it's like when when you're presented with those very selective uh, things in school. Uh, one, they don't pick things that recent. Typically, they pick the far away, the the more old ones. Like they pick the Trail of Tears. Oh yeah. They pick. Uh, you know, they might tell you. Because it's Japanese always easier to make the. Oh, it's in the past. Exactly. It's presented as if one, it's in the past, and it won't happen again because we've learned from it. And it's also pre- It's just presented in a way to to almost lead you down a path of thinking that it it can't happen again. When in fact, like, it consistently happens. Right. People on it, especially right now, what we're seeing with all these cops, which to me is quite surprising. It took this 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 uh, one incident in Minneapolis to like cause it because people this year, Brown Taylor got killed for cops breaking into her home and it was the wrong uh-huh. house. Oh, yeah. I've like, seen that. The, yeah. He, it was the wrong house because he, he thought he was in his house. No, right? no, 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 no. You're thinking of a different instance. You're thinking of a woman in Dallas. This was a couple of years ago. I, I think I know what you're talking about. When mm-hmm. she, it was the same situation, except she was off duty. She was off duty, and she went to the wrong floor oh, apartment, okay. and then she shot a guy because he was. She was in his house, and he was saying to get out of the house and whatever. Oh, okay. she got convicted. Yeah, She's gotcha. in jail now, actually. So that was a system, example of the system working. Um, but okay. keep in mind, also, she'd only been a cop for like a couple weeks or a month, so she wasn't really in with the with the cool kids yet. So that's that could also be part of oh, okay. it. Okay, I thought I thought that previous event had like resurfaced. No, 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 Brianna so. Taylor. This happened uh, less than two months. Sometime in the last two months, this woman was sleeping in her in her. Uh, uh, in her home and her the cops were doing a no knock raid but they had the wrong house and by the way oh, by yeah. the way they were doing a no knock raid on a person that was already in custody which is another worst uh part of it and so yeah the no knock raid shit has just got a fucking well stop. actually yeah it's like unreal. yeah Rand Paul actually filed a bill to, to um to stop it today which is one yeah. of the better things he's done in his time so far and, and I'm hoping this guy continues to Come closer to where his father was on the issue. First off, that's how you get shot, motherfucker. You barging in the, like, am I, am I, like, imagine if I'm. Oh, did you? Phone call. You did, you did hear it. You, yeah, okay, yeah, you so, cut out. Try it, start again. Uh, up to which part did you get? Well, you were saying, imagine if, if somebody tried to break in, you're awake, right? Yeah, if it's anybody, like, I, I know exactly what you're going to say, man. Like, if it's if that person doesn't have a badge, I'm well within my rights to defend my home and my property. But because they have a badge, for some reason, I'm just supposed to comply? Yeah, you did. Did I lose Sorry. you again? So, all right. No, no, so, no, you're good. You're good. Yeah, no, I was saying. So, like, so. Because first off, like, there are t- and there are times, too, where they decide, like, they want to sneak around first, like. And shit, like that's how you get fucking shot. Mm-hmm. Like, and imagine having, imagine going to j- or getting charged for some shit like that, or possibly just getting killed because you thought there was a possible like intruder in the house, like sneaking around and shit. And you, all oh, you see, like when you, because yeah. they don't get like when they, when they should understand that, like when people just see a gun, they're just from that point on, it's just pure panic mode. Like they're just going on natural instinct. That's just how they just yeah, act sure. on impulse. And they should understand that because well, these yeah. motherfuckers keep doing it all the time and shit. Like they they act on impulse and accidentally yeah. shoot people. Like and then you know they get away with it. But like imagine having to go to you know either a getting shot or you know having getting charged for that and having to go to trial because 
you thought your home was in danger because these motherfuckers were sneaking around your house or, you know, charging it through your front door. Like, Mm -hmm. well, here's, there's some good news about the whole thing. So it's, it's tragic, obviously that Brianna lost her life. Um, and this happened back in March, but, um, the good news out of it all is that the, so where it happened in Louisville, Kentucky, they, the Metro council there decided not to, uh, this was, I think, today uh, to, to ban no-knock mm-hmm. raids in that county or or at least in that city. So that's yeah. that's good, obviously. Now, now, I, now, did they decide it because of the national attention? Who knows? But I'll mm-hmm. take I'll take it for what I can get. And then, like I said, Rand Paul introducing that bill to end no-knock raids across the country. Um, you know, I think that's a great idea as well. Uh, and then, but there's just so many shitty things about this case, man. It's the same thing like what happened to Duncan Lemp, but this one's even mm-hmm. worse. She was sleeping in her bed, not guilty of anything. The cops were looking for a suspect they already had in custody doing a no-knock raid on the wrong home. Now, the her boyfriend or partner, um, I still mean, I keep meaning to look up whether or not they were married. He shot mm-hmm. back. Uh, and I don't know if any of the cops were killed, but he wound up shooting back. He was in custody for a little bit, but his, the lawyers were able to figure it out and work it out to where they uh, they dropped the charges. Uh, so that's that's in my opinion, is setting a really good precedent to respect individuals' property rights, especially in, in light of the fact that the cops were just completely wrong in this situation. But yeah, um, I think I think we've covered a lot. Is there anything else today, man, that you want to talk about? Any other things you want to plug while you're here or any other questions you want to um, ask? No, uh, I hate that you asked because it's not going to come to me now. It's going to come to me later and then I'm going to be upset that I didn't think about it. Now. <laughs> well, hey, man, we've got plenty of episodes to record. Uh, do you want to shout, have people follow you on Twitter? Uh, yeah, follow me on Twitter. Follow opportunity. me on Twitter. Uh, it's a... Uh, uh, I actually don't even remember what my username is because I never even go on Twitter. Let me open it. <laughs> it's uh. Well, while he's yeah, figuring it's that uh, out. Oh, not Vincent M. So N O T then V I N C E N T M. I'll be sure to I'll be sure to tag you on this one so that uh, we can, uh, they can see your um see what your uh, your thing is. Uh, and then obviously, guys, you know me. I'm at Zoomers for Liberty. Be sure to send this episode to your friends and to spark some interest. If you want to come on the show, argue with me or any of us about some You'll of the lose. issues, we'd love to have You'll you. Lose and <laughs> and let's, let's have a dialogue. Let's get things going. Let's spread the message of liberty, man. Oh, one last question. How, what are your thoughts on the, uh, the 2020 election? Man, I have no idea what's going to happen. Like, normally, like, I can tell who's going to win. Like, I just knew, like, I just had a feeling Trump was going to win the last election. Like, I didn't necessarily want him to. I don't want any of them to, but I just kind of had a feeling, you know, same thing with like Obama the last two times. Mm-hmm. Like I just, I just always had a feeling, but like this time I really, I just have no idea what's going to happen. I really don't. It could go. Cause yeah. I mean, people, well, hate, people I'm, hate Biden and Trump. Like they have, they have both super low approval ratings. Like, and, but then again, yeah. it's like, yeah, for sure. Nobody knows about, you know, Joe Jorgensen. So, I mean, I'm going to vote for her for sure. But like the good the good news is I just think so if I compare where we are now 
uh, to where we were in 2016, this far out from the election. There were plenty of libertarians that were advocating for Gary Johnson, but he really wasn't getting a lot of traction. I mean, he just kind of became a protest vote because he wish wasn't that exciting as a candidate. But for, with people with Joe Jorgensen, she has such a stark contrast between Biden and Trump, not only because she's a woman, but just because of the fact that she's really good on most of the I issues. I agree. I just think and I think that she's really attractive. I think it just comes down yeah. to her. She's got to like put herself out there. Like she's got to like. I comp- yeah, yeah, exactly. If if we can get the message out there and get the name in it, and I think it's working because the the campaign and and her social media, everything is is seeing a lot more exposure than where it was two weeks ago. So I definitely think that if the, if we can continue on the upward trend we're on, um, it's a good moment. We have a there's more of a chance I, yeah, this year than like, ever to get I'm a third saying. party elected. If they if they won this year, I genuinely like. I mean, I'd be surprised, of course, but like. You know, I think I just think they have like a solid chance this year now more than ever, to be honest. Like, I just like yeah. she, she just got to blow up, you know, like if she could get on like Joe Rogan or something or like just even even just like, yeah, we're all, ju- we're just all a debate, for that. like she just got to like she got to get out there is all she's got to make a name for herself. Totally agreed, brother. Well, we're gonna have to do another one of these sometime, and uh, it's good talking to you as always. And uh, yeah, want to play some games later? All right. Thank you for having me. All right, thanks, guys. This is Zoomers for Liberty. Yeah, thank you, Vinny. Zoomers for Liberty out with another episode.